This is a HeadGum Original. In 1977, NASA sent two solid gold records into space so that aliens might find them and understand life on Earth. I send greetings on behalf of the people of our planet and friendly wishes to all who may encounter this voyager. Now, we're making new records with our friends. We step out of our solar system into the universe seeking only peace and friendship. We know full well that our planet and all its inhabitants are but a small part of this immense universe that surrounds us. Hello from the children of planet Earth. Elvis sorry. Costello. Sorry, soul. You might, do you mind if I give it a little soul, Shelb? <laughs> Two Shelb. white people talking about giving soul <laughs> to music. <laughs> Shelb. Shelb. Yeah, go, and also calling that soul. Shelb, do you mind if I give it a little soul? <laughs> Not soul. Not soulful at all. What's up, you freak bitch? Do you... <clears throat> oh, God. Sorry, it's hard to ask even. Do you God. miss me? It can't be that hard to ask. You've asked me 17 times. Well, um, and every time it feels good to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i missed you i was gone for a long time you had grayson instead of me how did she do please don't say good i don't feel comfortable talking about it at this time just give me an up and down head shake or side to side head shake wow yikes okay yeah let's just move on um it's so good to see you girl how is everything with you you know it's um i got the keys to my new apartment I'm, I'm not in, there yet. I'm in my new apartment. You got the keys to your new apartment. The breakup is official. Are you seeing other people yet? Uh, no, I'm living alone. You're seeing about a hundred other roommates. <laughs> a dead move in with a bunch of people. Did we ever talk about why that part of the move on here? A little bit. Well, I don't know. I mean, in what detail did we talk about why we talked about you living with a bunch of people? The cat, the, yeah, I moved in with a bunch of people because I'm going to be traveling a lot and I wanted cheap rent. That's basically the idea. Wait, can I, <laughs> um, Jeffrey James, friend of the pod, um, acquaintance of the pod asked it pulled me aside and said hey isn't actually about the cat will you back me like, up on this though shelby though you but please back me up on this the cat really if you're not a cat fan does sometimes act a little crazy you have to back me up on this <laughs> yeah big time and when i'm not home she really does be acting <laughs> she up. misses you so much that she like meows constantly it's really crazy yeah no one's taking that away from you i it well, was just really to. funny for no, I think Jeff thought we were like covering up for bigger drama <laughs> that we were like actually really fighting and that um, the cat was like our public story, which is very funny. But funny to have true? a public story for a podcast where we literally talk about like who we fuck. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, like, this we is the public facing story. The private story. Well, that's where I really well, that's that's something a little too dastardly to tap into. <laughs> um, I missed you. Toronto is really beautiful during the fall, though. So, I, you know, I was in, you know, I was in hog heaven wearing layers up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, though, I miss layers. It's cute. Here I'm like trying to layer. I'm wearing like a sweatshirt with like a long coat and being like, well, I'm now I'm sweating. <laughs> it's only hot enough to be doing one of these two things, but it looks better with both. Um, I 100% agree. Well, did you miss me? Yeah, actually a lot. And kind of was like excited that you, so you got home and I was not home when you got home. And then I thought maybe you'd be home when I got home and you, um, just like really, uh, weren't, weren't uh, here. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's like salt in the wound. Um, we're both leaving LA for Thanksgiving though. That's kind of cute. Powerful even powerful la there'll be a sh- there'll be a huge power vacuum in la without us yeah i imagine there'll be an earthquake so be on the lookout for that <laughs> yeah we, we cause an earthquake when we leave town <laughs> your mom is I, so hey, i imagine there'll be an earthquake when we leave so your mom is so powerful in the industry how powerful <laughs> in the industry is she when she leaves town the There's whole earth shakes <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really nice thing to say about someone's mama. 
that's the spin on your mama jokes that we never got that we deserved i said months ago i don't know if i said it on the pod or not but i've been saying your mama jokes are making a comeback after covid covid created some kind of profound time and space continuum wherein your mama jokes are going to come back i can feel it do you think it's going to be like the your mom or like actually like a clever take on your mama jokes I think it's gonna be just like that show where they used to like rap, like roast about. Where they'd be like, your mama's so fat. Can you fat. believe that was a How full ass show? She? Yes, it was. It was iconic. I loved listening to it. They got people's moms so good. <laughs> no mom went ungotten on the show. Moms were got. Moms were had. Moms were had. You got to get or be got. That's not what a I single say. orphan to be seen because these people have the moms. <laughs> you guys, we are so excited. <laughs> We're so excited Come for our on. guests today. That was funny. Um, that was really funny. Okay, our <laughs> guest though, for real. Shelby, I'm so excited about our guests today. I'm so excited about our guests today. It's really exciting about our guests today, I would say. I would say that about our guests today, it's exciting. I'm, actually, I want to cut you off. I'm, I'm feeling in regards to, sort of with regards to our guests today, there's excitement in the air. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. And I don't mean to interrupt or anything, but I no, would go just ahead. say like... When it comes to the guests today, Can which we haven't you? really talked enough about. What's up? Go ahead. No, go ahead. You were saying. No, you were saying something. It was about the guests. I was going to give an emotion. Oh, were you about to say that? that sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, no, but you, if you go ahead, because I it shouldn't be talking over women anyway. Were you about to say that they were Not exciting? In this climate. Exciting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm really excited about our guests today. Who are they? Well, they're the writers of the book Alien Listening, Voyager's Golden Record and Music from Earth, which yeah. was released um, September 14th in the US and November 9th in the UK. From, if I can be honest, Princeton University Press, uh, our guests today are the chair professor at the University of Hong Kong and the Fanny Peabody Professor of Music at Harvard University, respectively. Make some noise, put your hands together for our dear friends, actually two of our oldest friends in the whole world who we're extremely close with, Daniel Chua and Alex Redding. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. We're, we're so excited to have you guys. How are you guys? How's it going? Uh, we're excited. <laughs> we are very excited. <laughs> excited is the word we decided. It's great to be with you. And... Um, it's also great to see, uh, you know, I mean, well, we are seeing each other, but but to hear Daniel again, and uh, we haven't seen each other in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I'm in Hong Kong. You're in Boston, or are you in Washington? I, I am in Boston. Do you, how often do you guys get together in person? Is it was it is it regular? Was it regular before COVID? What's that like? Oh, we just kind of um, met up during conferences or between you know travels when we were speaking. So we actually managed to meet each other in Hong Kong, Macau, Washington. Vancouver, it's not bad. Yeah, you guys have really a really global friendship. This is a very inspiring yeah. to me. I need to make a friend across the world who we have to try. It's like, ugh, if we're gonna go that far, I guess we should meet in the middle. I guess somewhere. I'll see you in Bangladesh. Yeah, if we have to get, if we have <laughs> yeah. to get, get together. Yeah, uh, but you have to write a book together. Yeah, we got to get invited to at least one conference, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and that hasn't happened for us yet. People, yeah, people do not really try to have us at conferences. Wait, I'm I'm really interested though, um, Alex and and Daniel. What? It, so so y'all were speaking at like the same conferences. How did the book come up? Was it like a was it like a shy thing? Like I kind of think we should write a book together. Or was it? <laughs> Well, That's Caleb that? and me deciding to do a show together in Chicago. <laughs> Being yeah, like, I have that? this idea. I have this idea, but I don't know. I'm very bashful. <laughs> you know, no, what happened was we met up at this conference. It was in Vancouver. It was very early in the morning. We were having a lot of coffee. I mean, it was very early for me. For Daniel, it was probably late in the afternoon. But we were kind of talking about the things that we'd been working on and... I felt that the kinds of things that I was interested in were kind of all over the place and, you know, something here and something there. And then we kind of started talking about the golden record as something that we were both interested in. And then it turned out that was really the thing that held everything together. And that was the connection be between all the things that I hadn't been able to put together. And from there, to writing the book was really easy. And it sort of happened in three simple steps. 
Well, a bit more complicated than that. A bit more, yeah. No. Daniel's <laughs> no. like, no, no, don't undersell it. Daniel's like, no. I mean, like my family it. suffered from the, the pressure of this book. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, Alex, at first we wanted to have an intergal- we wanted to form an intergalactic council of musicologists, didn't we? Oh, at first, yeah, yeah, before yeah, yeah. the book. There was that, yeah. Daniel says, I haven't seen my niece in years because of writing this book. I was, yeah, Daniel said, I wouldn't say it was simple. <laughs> Definitely I was challenged by it. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's actually really vulnerable to admit that it was harder for you. <laughs> Wait, are we, are we, we, okay. So what is what are you both? Te- okay, so you're both professors. Massive, huge, huge thing to be. Uh, Shelby and I could never. Um, what do you? <laughs> What do you guys both teach? And and if you, if if you're talking to a dumb person, and none of our listeners are, but you never know. They're all actually really, 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 really smart, really highly really educated. Smart yeah. But what do you teach? What is what is your your field of study about? Well, I'm a musicologist. That just means I think about music rather than just play it. So most of the time, I think about how does music work and where does it come from and why do we do it. That's basically what I do. Do you also play it or? Yes, occasionally I also play music, but I wouldn't want to, you know, uh, uh, do that for many people. It's not that pleasant. <laughs> okay. And Alex, what about you? Yeah, it's 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 similar. I mean, my my actual field is music theory, um, and what that means is. Uh, so, you know, for undergraduates, it's sort of the basic rules of composition, how to write a good harmonic piece of music. And then it gets a little more conceptual and it, it's, it, it asks questions about, you know, what makes a piece hang together? What makes music tick? And it can get, you know, fairly conceptual, depending on which level you want to pitch it at. I mean, I, I started my life as a trombonist. I'm a recovering trombonist. Heck yeah. And uh, I still play the piano a little bit. I mean, you know, I bash things out in class occasionally and I play music for my kids who are my most appreciative audience. <laughs> Do you you guys, guys should hear some of Caleb and my songs. We're really... Um... We're really... Yeah, we're really... Shelby... Well, I shouldn't uh, attribute this to Shelby necessarily, but Shelby, I do think you agree with me when I say this. I, I feel that everybody in the world wants to be a comedian except for comedians who want to be musicians. That's... Yes. Exactly. I think that's the, and we definitely want to be musicians. We we wish that we more were. than anything. More we than keep anything. singing on this podcast, and no, oh, one signed us to a go record ahead. deal. If <laughs> I should, shall we come on? Should shall we go ahead? What should. song are you singing? <laughs> this is so fucking embarrassing in front of our guests, and I'm sorry to. What curse. song? We're laughing with you. We're not laughing at you. No. Exactly. Caleb, what song do we sing? Whitney Houston. Huh. What song? What is that she song has like called? a whole lot of them. <laughs> no, 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 because I can't remember the name of it. I got so mad. <laughs> Should stay high, don't. It's Dolly Parton. I will always love you. Dolly Parton originally, then Whitney. Okay. Come on now. <laughs> Wait, I have a question, I, Alex. Uh, Alex and Daniel, do you do you guys pay attention to your um your rate my professor scores? <laughs> no. Not at all. <laughs> I, I have one in Hong Kong. I'm not, I'm not sure whether it, it, it oh, even yeah, exists yeah, that for me. Oh yeah, that might not even be a global thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever looked at it. I know they exist. Come on, you've never <laughs> even taken a peek. You know what I'm going to do right after this, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm going to have a look at yours, Alex. <laughs> oh, that's all I would be doing all day long, which is, of course, why I'm a uh, comedian and not a professor. Mental I'd be like, what are they saying about me on the forums? Mental illness. Mental Ill- yeah, you guys are well. We're not well. I'm like, are you guys <laughs> Yeah, we're not well. If someone you? were to have a rating on me, baby, I'd be looking. <laughs> honey, honey, you know I'd be looking it up. <laughs> okay. Um, I, do I have any other professor questions? Well, I guess we can always come back to it. What we actually, Shelby and I brought you guys here today because we have a really salient prescient um sort of timely question for you important brave courageous yeah shelby i'm trying to impress the professors i have a vocabulary are you kidding i have to google now well these guys are really important and we have to like be on our a game salient (laughs) salient prescient salient solution say oh god shelby let's talk (laughs) offline we have a really big question for you guys we want to ask you if we were making shelby you want to ask Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Um, if we were making new records today to send, uh, in some other Voyager, uh, what would you want to include? And we can, we'll kick it off with, um, with Daniel. 
Well, I think one interesting piece, at least for me, would be uh, John Cage's four minutes and 33 seconds. In fact, I think you had, did you have John Lomberg on your show at all? We um, did. Because, yeah, we did. <laughs> because I think he mentioned to me that, you know, actually, you know, we did think about that very, very briefly, because as you know, it's often known as, you know, just four minutes and 33 seconds of silence. At least it's, the score looks like, you know, it has nothing there. Um, but actually, it's, it's uh, four minutes and 33 seconds of audience listening to themselves. It's audience noise, right? So I thought it'd be quite nice to have that, or at least a sort of short excerpt of it, uh, on uh, any new version of the Golden Record. Since we're interested in how aliens listen to us, it's only fair that they get to hear us listening to ourselves. So that would be one of my choices. It's a very comedic... I was watching a a video of... It's a very comedic, like it, it reminds me honestly of a lot of kind of stuff that we, Shelby and I saw when we first started out in comedy in Chicago. It's the kind of thing you would see at like an alt comedy theater at like two in the morning on a Tuesday night. It's like yeah. just going up dressed as this like grand pianist and like this big fancy tuxedo and sitting down at the piano and then just being silent. It was like, I was laughing out loud. <laughs> yeah. like, this is hilarious. <laughs> well, we have, we have a friend, Miranda, um, who does a bit where she go- comes out with a guitar to play a song and she gets the pick stuck in the middle and she can't she keeps just shaking the guitar to try and get the pick and she never plays the song and it's like it's like that you're waiting the whole time and the video i saw was actually not john cage himself it was someone doing like a uh, a performance of it and he kept like opening the piano yeah. like start again and then we'd close <laughs> like, it and it's like there's like beats to it like there's re- like, it really does make a mistake like so we had to start again <laughs> up yeah up down it's like it's just a bunch of expectancy it's like you're every every moment something new happens you're going oh and now he's gonna start and then he doesn't and it really does make you laugh but what so the idea of it being humans listening is it reminded me of um like when you're filming something and you have to get room tone so that you can have the actual silence won't work. You have to have the tone of mm, the room right. to, to take yes. the place of silence. And it, uh, which you guys know, this is for our listeners. Um, but the, it reminded me of that. Cause I was like, it's so hard to stay quiet when you're doing that, when they're like, all right, room tone. And I'm like giggling, you know, it's, it's really difficult, but to have four minutes of people mostly being quiet. And then every like 45 seconds to hear a cough or something, yeah, you can feel how many people are in the room. It's really, it's really pretty interesting. Or like a wrestling, of like a bo- like a body moving and because everyone else is quiet you like hear that person moving which also is like interesting to think of in the context of someone who's never been on earth because then they just hear the sounds and they're like what exactly is making that like you know what i mean like what is they might not rustle they might be slimy so there wouldn't be as much rustling. they might never rustle everything they have might be wet rustling can be human <laughs> to rustle is human <laughs> to rustle is, is human to be alive our book. Yeah. I think for John Cage, it's just a matter of there is no such thing as silence on this planet. Everything in one sense is music. So in a way, just playing that just tells you what a planet is like. It reminds me of, um, what's that song I'm trying to think of? Um, Four <laughs> minutes and 33 seconds. No, no, no. That's a that's a score. That, Four I'm minutes th- to save the world. No, a great song. I'm thinking of you guys, the one from um, Tarzan. Where they're like, boom. It's like, the, it's like boom, oh, um, boom, yes, yes, yes. Rosie O'Donnell sings it. Yeah, they're like, they're like, they're like a typewriter and it's like, and it becomes a trashing the camp. Trashing the camp. Trashing the camp from Tarzan. That song bangs. I love that song. When you say everything is music, that's what it makes me think of because it's like, they're like, there's like a drip in a pot and, Anyone? Have you guys? I I went to summer camp, Alex and Daniel. Caleb knows that um, almost too well, but I went to summer camp and it was like a thing you would do on the bus where everyone would just like make one sound repeatedly and you would try and make a song out of it. That was like a big time waster. You would just be like, we got time to kill. (laughs) And you would just be like, one person would just be like, boom, boom, boom for like 30 minutes while everyone else (laughs) added a sound. Oh, that's great. I mean, that's basically our theory of music in our book. Oh, I'm a professor. Wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you could have written up. You could have written this book. You'd have been Wait, brilliant. honorary degree. I have an honorary degree. <laughs> and we can arrange that. <laughs> what does the speaking of the book? What does the book like? If you if you were if you were 
telling a person who knew nothing about your field, like some like random person on the street, like, oh, I wrote a book. What would you tell them it's about? Like, what would they be experiencing when they read the book? Both waiting for the other one to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, Daniel, you're so good at summarizing this. Um, so let me try. It's... Um, so we actually start with the golden record, right? And you guys know everything about the golden record, so I don't have to explain that. But it's a, you know, it's a compilation of music and sounds from all over the world. And uh, we have a pretty good idea about, you know, representation that they come from different parts of the world, and that you know some traditions have something to do with with uh, with with other songs, and you know, then others are completely separate. But as soon, you know, once you once you stick it to the side of the spacecraft and send it into outer space. None of these categories mean anything, and it just becomes earth music. So that's sort of our starting point. You know, how do we understand music? How do we understand listening? Because that's the kind of question that we ask ourselves if there are no humans around to listen to it. And then everything becomes different. And so you kind of have to reinvent the wheel from the ground up. So the record as an actual material object, you know, has has the sound wave engraved in it. And that's all you're getting. You're not getting any of the history. You're not getting any of the culture and the background. And so all you have is in the grooves of the record. And you have to basically reconstruct all of Earth's history from those two grooves. That's all you're getting. So where do you start? Basically, when we when we hear tones, like musical tones, mm -hmm. they're not actually one thing. There's sort of lots of repetitions of a vibe of, you know, vibrating air or whatever other medium you're you're listening to. If you if you enjoy listening to music in your bathtub, you can also do that underwater. So even at that level you have repetition. And it turns out that repetition is super important. So when you, you know, when you hear a song just to give you a very banal example of repetition, a song usually has, you know, a refrain and you know, music comes back and the kind of all together now part of, of songs is, you know, usually repetition. So the idea of repetition and of, of shaping time at various levels, you know, whether it's at the micro level where lots of repeated vibration create the sensation of one tone or um, at the macro level when you have a song where different parts are repeated, that seems to be the combining factor. And what you're doing is really you're playing with time. And um, you're basically, I mean, what well, we, we talk a lot about folding time uh, and that, that, that that's what music does. And from there, I'll let Daniel take over because that's where it gets a little harder. Oh really? I thought that was yeah. brilliant, Alex. That was great. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm compelled. <laughs> Daniel, go ahead. No, so basically, music takes place on this uh, spectrum of repetition, right? From the minutest repetition to the sort of larger, so it's infinite. And our ears, human ears, happen to fold that spectrum in different ways. So we hear pitch, form, or rhythm, right? But that's just uh, determined by our, the physiology, if you like, uh, and our psychology of the way we listen uh, to music. But if you were an elephant, it'd be completely different, right? You could hear much uh, lower, uh, as it were, repetitions uh, as maybe continuous kind of tone, for example, if you were an elephant below 20 hertz. But then if you can imagine that you were an alien with a brain the size of a planet, maybe you can hear repetitions at the rate of, you know, a hundred years, you know, <laughs> you know, repeats of the cycles. So uh, we sort of imagine music in this crazy way. But in this way, you can actually scale music for the entire universe. And the universe itself uh, in a sort of ancient concept can somehow be like music or is music in some sense because everything repeats in the universe. This is so smart that... <laughs> Like I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm going, I'm going, right, there's folding. I really did not grasp. <laughs> like I'm like, I understood the part I understood the most was the elephants here different than us. <laughs> yeah, that which was, I yeah. didn't know or think about before. Well, so. Yeah, you, you probably did though, Shelby, because uh, on the opposite end of it, dogs, like dog whistles, they can hear yeah, tones well, that we can't yeah. hear. But I guess I hadn't thought about elephants. Well, people rarely do. <laughs> Unless they're unless they're doing but they're something all, bad, but they and they remember that 
they're coming for us. Planet of the Apes is nothing. It's Planet of the Elephants. They're coming. I don't like their ears. I mean, we really don't have to go in on <laughs> elephants' ears, but I'm sorry. I don't like to be controversial on the podcast. I know someone will do a write-up of this on the internet, and we'll all get in trouble, and that's fine. Alex and Daniel are fine with that. Elephants' ears, they don't make any sense. They're too big. They hang down too low. I don't like them. They're really, really <laughs> off-putting. What about the snack, elephant ears? What? At a carnival, you can't get an elephant ear? What are you talking about? You don't know elephant ears at a carnival? State fair? Alex, Daniel, do you guys know what this is? I don't. They have elephant ears are like, it's very Mike, much. Like- Mike, do you know what this is? Oh, fuck. Mike knows yes. what it is. That sucks. Yes. I really thought we were going to have a full win. Okay, what <laughs> no, are they? Elephant ears are a thing. What are they made of? The same stuff as funnel cakes, really, I think. But oh, they're honey, a little you're different. You're talking about funnel cakes. No. You Mike just, just sent you a link, and I'd, I'd really, really like you to click on it. I'll click on it. Okay, elephant ears. Oh, my God. What is going on? <laughs> Sweetie, this is... Oh, fried dough. Yeah, it is fried dough with some cinnamon on it, and it's called an elephant ear because of, I think, mostly the shape. Honey, Everyone this... thinks I'm I'm not smart, but I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> I um what was I gonna say about music? <laughs> I can't no. talk about I can't talk about the elephant ears anymore because I really do think it's just funnel cake. There was a link. I saw it, babe. It, it was given funnel cake. I looked at the link and I said, that's a clear cut example funnel of funnel cake. Funnel cake has powdered sugar. <laughs> it does not have cinnamon sugar. <laughs> <laughs> you you being so, you be you being so mad at me? I don't know what it is, honey. I'm from Missouri. If, if do you there feel was comfortable fried, taking the rest of this episode yourself? Because I need to take a step away. Just just me, Daniel, and Alex talking about elephant ears. They're or they're like falling asleep. They're like get off the ears thing, dude. Um, no, okay, okay, okay. We got we gotta get back on track. We do this. I'm sorry, guys. Um, well, we should ask Alex. What's the first thing that you would put uh, on on your records? That was a really tough question because, you know, I, I admire Daniel for just coming up with something like that. I just, you know, I, I, I've thought about the golden record so much. And that's always the question that completely paralyzes me. Um, oh, we're terrified. Uh, you know, we're terrified every day that we have to make our records. <laughs> yeah, we have to make it's one ourselves so, someday. I, we are not excited. Horrifying. So you're not alone. Like, it's, yeah, good, good. So it's like. You know, there there are these gaps. There's like no Middle Eastern music, and there's no hip hop, and that that feels like a real omission. And so, or you know, why not add um, Tuvan throat singing? That's pretty cool. But in the end, I decided I'll just go for something that's totally about me because it's my choice. It's my party. And exactly. So I way. wanted to go for something. That, you know, I think it's just the greatest song that was ever written. No one here knows it, but it, it was kind of my youth because, of course, that's what you're going to go with. Growing up in the, in the 1980s in Germany, that was, you know, a new German wave. Everybody was very cool. Everybody was kind of punk. And the Casio VL synthesizer was the thing. And so this group trio made a song that's completely minimalist and it's called Da Da Da. Um, and that's also the translation. I mean, so what you have to imagine is like Dieter from Sprockets. I don't know if you, if you all remember your SNL. Watch it. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, just watch it. Just watch it. And, and, uh, <laughs> It's what I like about that song is that it's so minimalist and it's so simple that either the aliens totally get it or something else will happen. But it's, um, you know, if 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 you want to communicate with aliens, if you want to send music to the aliens, it, it felt like this was a good starting point. Uh-huh. Caleb, this is the repetition they were talking about before. Exactly. This feels like it would be in like a... Pretty Woman montage. Was is los mit uh-huh. For people who don't speak German, he's talking about the Industrial Revolution and what it meant for society. And now he's talking about fashion. He really likes shoulder pads. Da, da, da. This is hot. This feels like 
I don't know why. I don't really know what I'm talking about when I say that this should be in a shopping montage, but this should be in a shopping montage. Yeah. It also feels like something it's kind of, and maybe it has been just not in anything I've listened to, but it should have been sampled by now. Oh, do you know what it reminds me of? Um, it reminds me of... Um, Mike, are you saying this was in a Volkswagen commercial or you feel like it should be in a Volkswagen commercial? <laughs> it was okay. in a Volkswagen commercial, as it should be. Vroom, vroom. German Vagi car, German song. What is the song I'm thinking of? I want... I want money. I, I, what is... Do you guys know what I'm talking... I'm getting so stressed out because I can't... I, it's in my head, but I can't make it come out of my mouth. I want... I want the money. That's what I want. Yeah. Mike, you're so good. Look at... Th- guys, hear what I just said on the podcast. Listeners, hear what I just said and know that Mike answered the question. This is the kind of shit he has to put up with. Mike, replay it a couple of times in the editing so that people understand exactly what Caleb said that got you to find the actual song. <laughs> this is Mike's job. Mike has a fucked up job. Like, that's his job is to go, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> No, okay, Alex, I love that song. I do think it belongs in a shopping montage. And I also, I want to be in Germany in the 80s, but I simply was not. Caleb, in the 80s, you were living where? That was Iceland? In the 80s, I was, no, honey, that was the 70s. In the 80s, I was in Singapore. (laughs) And I was in a bad way with some worse people. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, Alex, you're from from Germany? That's right, yeah, I... I grew up in what was then West Germany. That was like when the wall was still up um, in Hamburg in the north. What if we were like, what wall? (laughs) (laughs) We were like, the wall. What are you talking about? The wall. Before the guy from Baywatch took it down. And then he took it down. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Daniel did not. I think Daniel did not like that joke. (laughs) Daniel was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, I love this edition, and I think also uh, your your uh, decision, Alex, to do like something that's just you that you're like this is just what I because you to identify the gaps and try to be everything to everybody. We have found making records with people a lot of times our friends or our guests will you know text us and be like I just there's all these there's all these gaps and I don't want to present this super like uh, you know homogenous like. It doesn't matter. It has to be. Right. We're gonna we're gonna make a bunch of different ones. It's like it has to be you. You know, showing something that's authentically you is the is the way we can get it to be the most authentically human. Being yourself. It sounds like a really bad PSA that we're doing. Being yourself is Caleb, the. Let's o- do church. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to win to is to be yourself. If you're if you're being someone else, n- no one else can be you. Oh my god! I really hate that quote. That quote that's like, um, "Be yourself." Be yourself everyone Everybody else, else is taken. already taken. Ugh! Shut up. <laughs> what if I want to be one of the people that's taken, goofball? <laughs> they have to die sometime, and then I get to be them. And then I get to take that over. Wait, Caleb steals identities for a living. Oh, I wish that'd be fun. If you could get away with it, that's a good gig. But a lot of times you can't, uh, which remind, reminds me, we should, before we get into the rest of these records, we should go to a break for advertisements. Money makes the world go around. That's what I'm always saying. Yikes. Welcome. Welcome, Bark. Bark. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex and Daniel. Caleb, did you have to ask something? <laughs> we have a tradition on the podcast. <laughs> It's so, I'd so, on this podcast. Alex, Daniel, what you have to know is that typically the people we have on this podcast. Clowns. um, We have clowns on this podcast. Not like you guys. We have comedians. So we have to, we have a tradition and it is sort of embarrassing to come to you humbly, humbly, humbly and ask. (laughs) I cannot. I'm sick to my stomach. I think I'm going to throw up. I feel like I have to give away my degree. <laughs> we have to ask you guys, would you guys give us a bark? <laughs> like, um, you're allowed to say like no. You're allowed to say no. Like a dog? A bark? Yeah. <laughs> well, Alex has just got a dog. I have two dogs. We, we, so we, should, we should definitely we do a bark. I, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> you can yeah. give a Johann Sebastian bark. <laughs> Johann Sebastian bark. Oof. Yeah! Yes, yes. That's my bark. Yeah! <laughs> Let's go. We got what we needed. Um, I was gonna say over over our break during the advertisements, which the listeners loved. 
that Shelby has given me two really profound compliments during our friendship. And we've been friends for a long time, so I know a lot of you are wanting to hear that the number is higher. The number is two. And <laughs> No, it is not. Two. You give me a lot of compliments. Two is the profound. There's two that stick out. One of them is that I have the kind of nose that people would get plastic surgery to have. That really changed me. And the other is that I have a really special skill that I can hear a song and within a millisecond know what it is. Mm-hmm. These are the two compliments Shelby's given me that have changed my life. I've called you diplomatic. I've said, you know, you're always fair. I've said a lot of other good stuff. You do call me fair, which is actually really counter to my persona. I don't think that people want to hear that. I think people, I think, <laughs> I think people want to hear that. You think I'm, that about yourself too. I am very fair. I'm well, extremely so it's fair. It's not counter to your persona. It's actually your. No, you're thinking counter to my personality. I'm thinking my persona. Oh, you know? You're talking about your brand. Yeah. yeah, I think people want. I think people want me to be a zingy, a zingy homosexual a bad boy. urbanite. Comedy's bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can't talk about that. We have to talk about Daniel. What would be the next thing on your record? I thought about sending a clip of um, a recent one of uh, this. Uh, I think it's a humpback whale, um, sort of almost swallowing this um, this diver. Oh shit. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it ends up, you know, just diving in the mouth of this whale and then it's sort of kind of pushed out. Um, because uh, on the Golden Record, there is actually a mashup of uh, various UN delegates. And they were so long-winded um, that they couldn't really compress all this onto the, uh, onto the record. So uh, what Carl Sagan's team did was they sort of made a collage of this stuff and then they put, put in the background whale song uh, to sort of hold it all together. So it's a very strange sounding sort of montage of sounds. En rikedom av solar finnes där Var sol pulserar där med allt ett slag I större solars oerhörda sken and I thought that would be very confusing for the average alien trying to decipher, you know, how do humans speak? And then there's this really weird sort of language, I suppose, in the background. So I thought that this video might actually help um, the poor aliens figure out what on earth was going on. Literally, what on earth is going on? Yes. One of the sounds on the original records is a recording from a UN meeting where each country is greeting each other. What you might notice in the background of this recording is the sound of whales. Now, many of you are probably thinking that whales sound something like this. You would be mistaken. One interesting fact about whales is that male humpback whales found in U.S. waters can sing complex songs in winter breeding areas near Hawaii and the Caribbean and elsewhere, and these songs can last up to 20 minutes and be heard from miles away. Another interesting thing about whales is that Blue whales specifically are the largest animals to have ever lived on planet Earth. Ever. Meaning the dinosaurs you imagine roaming our planet actually pale in comparison in size at least to the blue whales we see today. Those blue whales can grow to be 90 or more feet and weigh as much as 24 elephants combined. That's more than 330,000 pounds. Now, what we aren't talking enough about is how the aliens might hear this specific recording, this mashup of sorts, this DJ earworm presents. To me, I think, as a human hearing it, I experience confusion. As an alien, I might be so confused as to take it as a threat. Anything can be taken as a threat if you have the right attitude. And we don't know the attitude of the aliens, but they might have the right attitude. I would venture to say I'm sure that they do have the right attitude. Aliens probably have the right attitude. When it comes to their attitudes, the aliens likely have the right ones. It's probable that the aliens have, in regards to their attitude, 
the right kind of attitude that they could have for the aliens being right in their attitude. Nine out of ten NASA scientists actually believe that the attitudes of the aliens has a higher than normal likelihood to be correct. That's whales. (laughs) They put whales behind the UN speaker. Well, yeah, I know the person. (laughs) I know it's in the background. I'm saying even what's going on back there, that's whales. That is not the Finding Nemo version of whales that I learned about. That's supposed to be whales. What are you talking about? This is whales? That's crazy. The decision to put that in like a weird mashup of like UN delegates speaking is one of the most chaotic decisions they could have made. Well, Daniel's right. We have a lot of explaining to do if we sent that up there. We have, we have to, they're going to think that they're going to think that's part of the guy talking. It makes no sense. I mean, it sounds alien to us, right? When you listen to this thing, it's like, what is that? Right? So you can imagine what an alien would make of this. Maybe it actually makes perfect sense to an alien. I don't know, but it's the most bizarre thing to send and it needs explanation. I mean, you really want that whale sound to swallow up that speaker actually, uh, in, in that recording. Yeah, maybe I think there's a, well, there is certainly a reality. There's a potential reality where the same way that people think that kids have like a special portal to the other side of human life, that maybe whales have that with aliens. And maybe the aliens hear it and go, damn, that's so true what you just said. After yeah, they heard the, the aliens, <laughs> the aliens are kind of like, whoa. Whoa, damn. That, that was, was deep. That was profound. Yeah, <laughs> holy shit. What the hell? Um, okay, uh, Alex, what is uh, the next thing you put on your record? So I really like that it doesn't have to be music. I was thinking about more music, but I think I'll stay with the underwater theme that Daniel just brought up. And I want to put Blowfish on my golden record. And the idea behind it is that it's so fugu puffer fish, you know, the, the, the Japanese specialty that's highly toxic, but that you can eat if you get all the, I don't know how many steps, like 28 steps of cutting it. If you get it right, then it apparently it becomes a delicacy. I've never eaten it, but I think it says something profound about the human psyche that, you know, someone would eat this, die, and then try again, <laughs> eat it again, die. And I just imagine that, you know, the person who failed, you know, their their last words were, this is the most delicious thing I've ever eaten. Try again. Keep, please and- keep trying. Pleading, pleading. <laughs> please, you have to try this. And so, you know, that's what I want to share with aliens. Well, also, pufferfish generally are such a fascinating a lot of what's in the ocean to me is alien like there are things that exist in the ocean that i'm like that doesn't make sense i'll think about <laughs> it, it. Shouldn't... i'll think about it and the deep sea specific when they like start making their own light i'm like what are we doing here? yeah when i found out that fish can make their own light with their head i was like i'm that's a wrap <laughs> on me and learning about fish <laughs> but puffer fish are so fascinating similarly to how we eat them actually because they puff up to defense in defense, but a lot of the time that causes so much stress that they die trying to decompress, and yet they're still just like, whoop, and we're trying to eat them and dying trying to eat them and still giving it a go. Like there's something sort of poetic about their existence being a lot like their uh, demise. Ooh, oh, ooh, okay, Miss, okay, Miss Coffee. Shop. Sorry. Ooh, okay. Class is in session. Oh, ooh, snaps. Ooh, tell them that was really powerful. That was that was like a Lauren. That was like a Lauren Hill interlude on the Unplugged album. That was beautiful. Daniel and Alex, you don't have to answer this. Caleb, did it make sense what I was saying? No, but I thought it was so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it totally did. I'm just being. <laughs> <laughs> I, the only thing I was thinking that whole time was I, I'm the opposite of a person who wants to eat a delicacy. Bring me something normal. I want to eat a cheeseburger. I want to eat. I just want to eat something normal. When people are like, oh, you can. This is a $500 piece. I'm like, mm, I'm OK. I'll save my money. I would like to go to Golden Corral. Well, the richer you get, the weirder the food. <laughs> Hasn't been my experience. I, I keep eating normal stuff and I'm not rich. I'm just saying when I was broke, I ate normal stuff. When I had money, I ate normal stuff. You're talking millionaires? But people start eating weirder. At, like, fine dining has weirder stuff than what you're used to. Like, Oh, for sure. 
What are they doing at fine dining restaurants? There's a type of... I might have said this on the podcast once because I found this out and thought it was crazy. There's a type of coffee that in order to make it, an animal has to eat and shit the beans. Yeah. Everybody who's a fan of the Morgan Freeman and Jack Nichols movie, um, The Bucket List, knows that. Jack Nicholson? Uh, Jack Nichols? What's his name? Old guy watches the Knicks. Nicholson. Um, (laughs) Mike had to say it in the chat. I just forget. Nichols, Nicholas, Nicholson. You know, crazy glasses, watches the Knicks. Um, yeah, that's in the that's in the bucket list. The movie. You ever seen it, Shelb? Alex, Daniel, anybody no. seen it? I haven't. No, no, I haven't. But I have had that oh, coffee. Makes me an intellectual. <laughs> me not having seen the movie makes me an intellectual. <laughs> Wait, Daniel, is the coffee good? No, it's terrible. Stop <laughs> <laughs> talking about that it tastes like trash. coffee. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing special about it. Having it tastes like coffee, but with the knowledge that it's also something. poop. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, it's like coffee, but with you have to know about something bad. I hate that. Yeah. Exactly. He's like, man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. What? Where? Who? Who are we at? Who's up next? Um, this is Daniel's time to shine. Daniel. Oh well, the la- the last thing I thought I'd like to introduce aliens to would be a smell or a taste, and that's uh, a fruit from my part of the world called the durian. I don't know whether you've ever come across a durian. It's this very um, spiky, armor-plated kind of fruit that grows in very high trees. If it falls on you, you probably die. And then um, if you open it up, it's these very um, creamy pods. And usually, people hate the smell of this thing. I mean, it really. It's a cross between smelly feet, camembert, and mango. And, um, but I just can't believe that nature can produce such an amazing, sophisticated fruit. And uh, you do have to be slightly sophisticated to love this fruit. And people in Malaysia, in Singapore, in Thailand, and in Hong Kong have this very sophisticated taste, right? And it just, it's extraordinary uh, kind of texture. As I said, it's like really eating uh, a, a natural cheese, if you like. So that's what I would like to introduce the alien to, because it's probably the most pungent, extreme smell and taste and texture that you could send into space for someone else to try from Earth. Do you want to send them... Like, okay, so they get the fruit, and do you want them to have any kind of primer? Like, do you want them to know about the controversy on Earth or how popular it is, or do you want them to just go in raw? Oh, definitely go in raw, because you have to be surprised by this thing. I mean, the idea that this could even exist right. on our planet is already <laughs> alien, right? <laughs> so you have to just have the experience of the first time sort of smell and taste of this. I mean, actually, most people don't even get to tasting it because they can't stand the smell. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really iconic thing to be your favorite fruit. You're like, I love it because people despite, people would rather die than eat this fruit. <laughs> oh, it's an amazing fruit. More for me. More for me. That's why it's my favorite. <laughs> It's my favorite because nobody else likes it. It's all for me. Alex, have you ever had one? Yeah, I did. When I went to Hong Kong, I actually brought back lots of durian candy and they fed it to my kids to see what would happen. It's the only thing Daniel would feed you in Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, Daniel's like, sorry, this is what's on the menu, buddy. <laughs> so my daughter clearly has very sophisticated taste. She liked it. My my son, not so much. Oh, dang. Yeah, he's Divide. not as smart. Divide. <laughs> he's not as sophisticated. Sorry, same thing. He's less sophisticated. <laughs> same thing. Um, I watch a lot of cooking shows, and they always Brag. use durian as kind of like the... Like litmus test. How are you going to make this work? Right. Like if you can do it with this. Yeah, where they're... Because a lot of people who haven't seen it before, they smell it, and they're like, I can't cook with it. It's like a whole... It's always sort of... Having watched it enough, I'm annoyed by it. I'm like, you can. Everyone seems seen to it make done. it work. I've seen it done. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try um, one. I'm really. Do you think I could uh, get one anywhere in LA in the states, Daniel? You can get them here. Really? Oh, really? You can? Well, like, you, well, you like, must probably try not it. as good as you could there. Like but... H Mart or something? Where do you? Get no, it's it? like uh, in, in in Asia. It's 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 uh, it's like wine. You have different sort of categories of durian because oh. they have different flavors, as it were, like really bitter, really sweet, very chocolatey, and so on. So people have this sort of very fine palate for durians. I'm so jealous. I want to try we this We could get next day delivery on a durian if we wanted to. Hit pr- press send. <laughs> yeah, always go for a, a Malaysian one. They're the best. There's a lot for buying fresh in California. So we'll do some research and we'll try it. We are. And We're going to try it and get back to you. We're going to let you know what we think. Oh, that's cool. Okay. 
<laughs> Jenna's like, all right, <laughs> whatever you want. Go ahead. Um, see what happens. <laughs> see what happens. And if you hate it, don't call me. Don't do not. We'll videotape out. it just in case it's the last thing we ever do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that blowfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daniel put a hit out on us. <laughs> it's actually extremely poisonous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Alex, what is the what is the last thing on your record? So. Uh, uh, Daniel's so sophisticated. I'm not. You know, when, when you guys asked me, I was just going through a really, really bad cold. My first, like my first sickness since the since you know COVID started, and uh, and everybody went back to their homes and didn't talk to each other. And so I'd forgotten what it what it was like to have a cold, and I was feeling extremely sorry for myself. And for some reason, when I get sick like that, I get this craving for rice pudding, mm. and that's that sort of. You know, I know it doesn't do anything, but it makes me feel better. And so I thought, that's what the aliens need. If it's good enough for me, it's got to be good enough for the aliens. So I'll put rice pudding on on my golden record. Is there any particular brand, flavor, place you get it from? Is, is Chef. There, whatever I can get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A true fan. Whatever I can get my hands yeah. on. That's what I like. <laughs> well, Caleb, do you like rice pudding? Now, you've asked an interesting question. Do I like rice pudding? Am I confident that I've had it? I think I've had it. I I, I think I, I I think I've had it. But I, hmm, I don't know. Well, what is? Do you like it? I do like it actually a lot. It kind of sometimes reminds me of and before anyone comes for me, I know they're completely different foods, um, different textures, blah, 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 blah. But of noodle kugel, which is a Jewish food, um, which is like a sweet noodle dish that has like raisins and stuff in it and cinnamon and some other stuff. And something about like the noodles and the rice sort of are both in the same, they're the grain family and they're in the family together. And then there's like the raisins a lot of time in rice pudding. It's sweet. There's some sort of like marriage there to me. And I love that in that way. It's very sort of homey to me. Shelby, are you Jewish? No. Cool. Love the culture though. Right. Well, same. So <laughs> I, I, I was wondering when you were saying all of that, is rice pudding, and anyone can tell me yes or no, is rice pudding the same thing as tapioca? No. No. No, it's a different. <laughs> Alex, you guys can't tell, but Alex was really mad. He rolled his eyes really big at me. He, he, listeners, you need to know he's furious with me right now. Absolutely pissed. Logging off. Logging off. Um, I don't know. I think I have had rice pudding. I went to um, in Silver Lake. Shelby, have you been? Yes. I went with um, a friend recently. But bleep that out. No free clout for girlies. No free clout for the girlies. Yeah, bleep the name of that restaurant. If they reach, if you're a Thai restaurant in greater LA, reach out. We might have a promo opportunity for you. Um, <laughs> uh, my friend ordered um, a pudding that I believe was rice pudding, and she was so stoked on it. She was like, I can't wait for you to try this. It's my favorite. Every time I come here, they bring it out for free because they know I'm going to get it. And I'm like, bad business, but go ahead. And so they bring out the thing, and I try it. And it's one of the worst things I've ever eaten. And I was very clear about that and I was like I don't like this I will not take another bite I regret the bite that I took and she was like oh they didn't do it right like my half wasn't cooked or something like there was some kind of whatever happened I didn't get a good bite of the pudding and I think it was rice pudding and that's when I think I had it for the first time and that was recent so my point is it wouldn't make me feel better if I was sick but here's the tea I love that we're sending this and I want the aliens to have it and Alex I don't want you to feel like um I don't want you to feel like you can't eat it all the time just because I said that. Um, Complete silence in, in reaction to you. Alex is, furi- Alex is furious with me. I'm still furious. Yeah. yeah, literally fuming. It's insane. Um, <laughs> I'm looking up the same same Thai menu to see if that's what you had. Well, I that, believe- that is not rice pudding. That is not rice pudding. You don't think? <laughs> no, that, then the rice pudding is like porridge with rice. Daniel said absolutely not Daniel said absolutely not Caleb well our guests today have made me the fool and I I think that's so beautiful I love that they seemingly don't even have dessert on their menu Caleb you were in a fever dream I well that's that's very possible um Hey, I I think these are all great additions to the record. And before we uh, get out of here, I believe Shelby has a question for you guys. If there's one thing that you could delete from the record and make sure the aliens never find out about, and it 
you know, doesn't have to be war or famine. Any of the big stuff. Yeah. What would you delete? Daniel, you first. <laughs> yeah, I would delete social media. And there's a theory that, you know, we, we don't see aliens because advanced civilizations uh, destroy themselves before they can communicate with other advanced civilizations. But that was during, you know, the Cold War. They thought there'd be a sort of nuclear blast. But I think we might destroy ourselves with just social media. So I would not like to share that with an alien civilization. Wow. So you're you're completely you're completely Came on the for side. Our next. Came, yeah, literally my career. You're but you're I'm hey, some days <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry with about it. that. No, <laughs> sorry. no, no. I'm I'm literally on your side. I'm wondering though, are do you ever feel, Daniel, that like do you ever feel a nuance to it? Like, oh, there it's it's brought so many people together. There's this like beauty in some ways, or are you just straight across the board like evil outweighs the good bye? I, I think so. I mean, I can see that actually it's a great way to make people believe uh, in anything you want. So uh, it's actually extremely <laughs> Which is dangerous. The problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like and the funny thing is humans have this propensity to believe anything anybody says. So um it's a very bizarre uh phenomenon, I think. And uh it's definitely not going to be good for the rest of the world if this continues as it is put it that way i completely agree yeah yeah well there's also there's like something i don't know the details on this because i don't remember them but there's something about like humans were never like meant to see as many people in a day as we see because of social media and like that has like complicated the human brain in a way that like is the cause of like a lot of like mental health stuff that we see rising now is like that social media has brought way too many people around. <laughs> we see we see and hear too many people a day. Yeah, it's 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 massively distorting and it, it makes people act. I, <laughs> I got to say, I, I was just thinking the other day, I think about uh, needing to delete social media, not me personally. I have a career because of it. I'm so grateful. It's that's actually one po- positive, I think, for it is that I get to have a career, but that 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 no. it that it needs to go across the board because I was reading this article about do you guys um maybe you don't Daniel you especially since you hate the internet Salt Bay do you guys remember Salt Bay the guy who yes. sprinkled the salt on the steak and went viral I know exactly no. what you're <laughs> well well there's this guy a couple of years ago who he's he's a he's a chef and he he sprinkled uh, salt on a steak very flamboyantly and he went viral and people were calling him Salt Bay and he was like this big internet sensation for like a week and there was an interview with him a couple weeks ago and this article where he was saying I've changed so many lives. Every kid wants to be Salt Bay now. I walk down the street and kids yell, "That's Salt Bay. I want to be him." And I was reading this and I just thought Wow, what a unique way that internet makes us truly delusional. Like that is an insane point of view. No one wants to be the salt guy. <laughs> no kids. And it really does. I'm sure he believes it. And it's crazy. And I was just like, we got to get out of here. This can't keep going. You know what's worse? I think there is one or two kids that probably do want to be Salt Bay. Saw the video and say, I want to do that. Well, you know, do you want to, do you want to, uh, get super famous and start your own chain of restaurants from like posting an internet video being stupid? Sure. Do you want to be the guy who's salt bay? Uh, I, yes. <laughs> yes. Sincerely. Shelby wants to be, Shelby wants to be salt yes, bay. I bought a salt. I bought a salt cellar so that I could sprinkle salt on my food the same way. A salt cellar? <laughs> yeah. A salt cellar is like the, it's like a thing that you hold salt in next to the stove so you could. Oh, cute. Like a little thumb, like a little pinch bowl. Well, because they say you're supposed to touch the salt because then you know how much you're putting in your food and you'll never be able to tell for sure when you use like a thing. Beautiful. So I agree. I think social media could go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Alex, Alex, what would you delete? That was another really hard question. I mean, you know, all the obvious things, um, but you know, like the early TikTok talk videos that my family posted during the early weeks uh, on, uh, of, of COVID, um, that can definitely go, but in the, I, I sort of got sidetracked thinking about that one. And I just thought, what if we Rickroll the aliens and, you know, put Rick Astley's, uh, never got to give you up on the golden record. Would we start in, you know, interstellar war? Um, so, you know, that's probably what I would put on there. So we, yeah, in, yes. in absence of any bad stuff, we're just going to Rickroll them and see what happens. Yeah. I adore that. It's funny to title that something really intense yeah. for the aliens, like visit us or something like, <laughs> you know, at the end of up the bottom of a website where it's like, contact us now. Yeah. 
it's that it's them trying <laughs> to touch base with us and it just has it just has never going to give you up on it i think that song is really delightful and i think they would view it as a treat i don't think they would feel i don't think they would feel attacked by that at all personally but we if all get we said contact us they clicked it to get in contact and said it was just a song i don't think they would be moved by that in a negative way I think okay. they would. I think no they problem. would enjoy it. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Thank you for sharing, Caleb. <laughs> okay, not a problem. Thank you, um, Daniel, Alex. You guys have been truly an amazing guests. This I, this is has been so much fun. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you. It's been Thank amazing. you. What a it's, lovely experience. It's, it's been amazing <laughs> and exciting. <laughs> we and exciting, and it did prove to be exciting. I think Shelby. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. It it was it was yes. exciting. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything, uh, Daniel and Alex, that that y'all want to uh, promote, or is there a place where you want people to follow you, or a newsletter? Is there anything at all that you want to tell our listeners to do? Enroll in your college, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a really good go idea. To yeah. Harvard. yeah. <laughs> go to Harvard, you guys. Yeah, just go there. <laughs> Or you can come to Hong Kong. <laughs> Go to Hong Kong. See Daniel. Uh, oh, buy a book. I mean, that's that's for sure. Um, yeah, buy the book. Buy yeah. the book. Um. Okay. Well, bye now. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye, guys. Our closest friends in the world. <laughs> was a HeadGum original.